Philippians chapter 1 verse 9 is the, the theme passage that we've taken for this series that we've said or titled, does it really matter? I mean, come on, does it really matter? And so Philippians chapter 1 verse number 9 says, in this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more. And where is love supposed to grow? Well, in two places, knowledge and in judgment. So he's saying, oh, I I want your love to actually just continue to blossom and and you be filled with this love and it overflows. But there are two things that it's supposed to grow with and that is knowledge. So, So love then has to be something that is connected to my knowing something. And then it is also supposed to be connected to my discernment, using this knowledge and judging, separating, putting things in different categories particularly right and wrong. So tonight we're going to begin to answer the question, does it matter? Now, now last Sunday night we asked the question, does it matter? And we connected it to what I wear. Okay, tonight we're going to ask the question, does it matter? And we're going to connect it to what I say, what I say. Okay, sometimes we use the expression, you may have used it and certainly you've heard it, words are cheap. Words are cheap. Okay, so we get the idea that, you know, words are not that necessarily important. Now, now I think sometimes we use the expression words are cheap because we don't know necessarily if a person's really going to follow through. But, but I suspect that, that we're also saying, hey, words really don't matter that much. When you were a kid, you heard a little riddle, a little rhyme And maybe your mom said it to you when you came home from third grade and someone had said something to you that they shouldn't have said. And you learned the little riddle, sticks and stones may break your bones, but but words may never harm you. But I suspect that there are people in here who would, I'm not being silly about this in the least, that you may well have traded the words that were spoken to you because they were so deeply hurtful and so sharply painful that you may have opted for broken bones. Words matter. The Bible reminds us in Proverbs 18:21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Does it really matter So we say something and then we follow it with, oh, I was just kidding. Some words are uttered in a a hot argument and a husband says to a wife or a wife says to a husband, some words that strike very deep. And then we follow it up with, I didn't really mean it. But the Bible helps us understand that out of the, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So there was something within us that now has come out of us. And, you know, I mean, come on, really, does it really matter? I mean, it's just words. I mean, get past it, get over it. And what's so big about? And and so, sure, I use some kind of language, but it's just a compilation of letters. Does it really matter? So why, why do words matter? Why does language matter? What, what gives this its morality? Because if you just look at it as a, 
as a, a, you know, the assembly of some letters or in, in some languages, the, 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 the flow of images, of symbols. I mean, does it really matter? Where, where does our language and our ability to communicate, whether it is spoken or in some way written, in some form or fashion communicated, I mean, where does it get its morality? Well, if we, if we rewind the tape of history some way and, and we go back to origins, we understand that the first spoken words were spoken words by God. And now this starts to say, oh, okay, so wow, God speaks. Now, if you and I are built to be reflectors of Almighty God, then we understand that our speech becomes somewhat of a reflection of the one who gave us the ability to communicate verbally with words. Now, I know that animals can communicate to some degree, some some way, shape, or form, but not with the verbal articulation, not with words that you exclusively have the opportunity to use. So, you know, we start backing this up, Genesis 1-3, and God said, I mean, talk about the importance of words, right? And God said, he spoke, we say this, he spoke the world into existence. Let there be light, and there was light. We understand very early on that words clearly do matter as it pertains to Almighty God. You ever thought about the fact that the first words that mankind ever heard were words that were spoken by God? The Bible says in Genesis 1.28, and God blessed them and God said, now these are the first words that the Bible records that mankind heard words spoken by God. And he's infusing us with some sense of our purpose. Now we understand we're, we're image bearers and we're given a job. We're supposed to rule and reign. Okay, God rules and we reflect his image. And and God said, what does he say now? Said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over. Listen, you can care about, and I'm serious about this, you can care about the, the fish of the sea. You can, and I suspect we should, care about the whales that, that, that are being you know, slaughtered and, and what have you. But you're not the same as them. God gave you with a spoken command and understanding that you are to take dominion over the created world. You are in some sense image bearers reflecting God when you rule and reign. These are all words that are spoken by God. Subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. It's not Mother Earth, okay, that, oh, well, we, you know, we have to, we take care of Mother Earth. No, listen, you are over the earth, and there's one God that's over it, as we heard powerfully sung tonight, the one who reigns over, you are Lord over all. So words, wow, where, where do words get their significance? Because God spoke. Who understood the significance of words? Well, God spoke. Who else do we know in the Bible speaks? Well, Satan speaks. Who understands the power of the spoken word? God spoke, wow, things happened when God spoke. And now Satan speaks, and what does Satan do when he speaks? Satan is the master of manipulating words. And Satan even takes God's words 
And he twists them into something that certainly God never intended, but now Satan uses to his own purposes, to his own devices. Let me ask you, have you ever flavored your words to seek to accomplish a desired response? You, you played with words. So you, you're communicating maybe something that's true, but you actually, like in the literal sense, but you bore false witness in that you were trying to bring someone to a, a different conclusion than the words were originally intended to bring them. And what does Satan do? Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, here we go back to words, ye shall not eat of every... Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. I mean, come on, you're not really going to die. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. Ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Is that a true statement? Yes. But does Satan fully describe all that's going to happen when they do defy the spoken word of God? And so why are words important? Well, because God speaks. Why do words matter? Because Satan speaks. Why are these so powerful? Well, God speaks, Satan speaks, we speak. Again, all throughout Scripture, we get an understanding that the use of our words matter. The Bible says it this way. If you wanted a text for this evening, I would call the text Ephesians 4.29. Ephesians 4.29. Notice what the Scripture says here. It is a pretty all-pervasive, all-encompassing directive toward the, the church at Ephesus and by clear implication for people like you and me. And here's what, what the scripture records in words. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. We won't have time to fully walk through what does this mean. But when we start and we start to understand, well, we speak. Okay, so what are the parameters that you and I are supposed to use? Because this does matter. My words are not just light things. I can't just slough it off. I can't simply say, sorry, didn't mean it. Or, oh, come on. Can't you take a joke? I was just joking or sorry. I, I wish I would have never said that, but, but I take it back. Well, I, I simply can't. So what are the, the directives that God gives me for words that do matter? The first thing he does is he says, let no, and then he uses a very descriptive word. In fact, any person at Ephesus hearing Paul's words regarding no corrupt communication they know that Paul just, just used a word that brought, it conjured up all kinds of imagery in their mind. Corrupt. The word corrupt that he uses right here, it means that which is rotten, unwholesome, foul. It's a word that would be used to describe a decaying animal. 
This is the word that they would use, the common Greek usage of this. It's, they would use it of spoiled fish, rotting vegetables. This was, this was some time ago, back when I was um, speaking up at a, a camp for Pensacola Christian College. It's called Camp of the Pines. It was back in our old camp days. Now, if you've ever been up to Camp of the Pines recently, it's really a beautiful camp. And, and kids are there all summer, and it's really, it's a wonderful camping ministry. A ministry that I pray for quite faithfully because numbers of children come to know Christ. And this was many years ago, and, and we had quite a different facility back then. And um, we would do something at lunch every every day some fun thing and we would you know give the dirty sock award for dirty cabins and one time I was going to have this kind of like a uh, I don't know a, a, a hillbilly band come out you know banging on a on a tin pot and and uh, you know playing a washboard and and and, and I was going to blow into a jug you know I had this jug and I kept the jug up at Camp of the Pines because I would use it for my hillbilly band and I pulled my jug down at the shelf where I always keep the, the, the jug. And I pull the jug down and I grab it because I'm pretty good at it. And I put my lips on this thing. And I hadn't washed it or cleaned it. But back then, germs were different. And so I just, <laughs> I grabbed this thing and I blew on it. And, and when I blew on that jug, the, the, the word, I have a new appreciation for the Greek word. When I blew on that jug, remember, let no foul communication. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, when I blew on that, I mean, I'm sorry, but this is the word, okay? When it uses that which is rotting, that, that is exactly what had crawled into and died in that jug. So some little, little happy creature crawled in and never crawled out okay. and I grabbed it and hey <laughs> this is gonna be fun <sighs> okay <laughs> oh it was so bad and that's exactly what the apostle Paul says that that, that sense of rotting foul corrupt communication is never to proceed out of your mouth well why not because it, it's telling me that there's something that goes deeper than your mouth and it is connected to your heart. And he simply says, no corrupt communication. What, what does that look like? Vulgarity, obscenity, indecent, or what we might refer to as pornographic language, dirty jokes, racial or ethnic insults or slurs, humor meant to insult, angry outbursts, harsh words, mean-spirited comments, gossip, rumors, false accusations, implying bad motives, public criticism of your spouse or children, yelling, screaming, threats, intimidating comments, endless criticism, cutting comments, cheap shots, condemning others and excusing unkind words by saying, I was only kidding. Do you know the, the passage in Ephesians 4.29, he says, let no corrupt communication 
And God thinks so strongly about this. Just a few verses later in Ephesians 5, 4, he says, Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather the giving of thanks. Do words matter? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. 